If you tell me you want a different life than you have, I can tell you exactly what it's going to cost. It's going to cost the life you have. To get the life you want, it costs the life you have, which means you have to be willing to change, change. what you're doing now, because what you're doing now is what gives you what you have. 100%. You have to do something different if you want a different result. Does that make wow. sense? It's very clear, like crystal clear, like literally doesn't sound even complicated. The, you know? the, the best things in life are simple. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the eFormula podcast. Today I have Edward in the house. Edward is a tax expert. Helping, I try, I try. Helping entrepreneurs, yes. you know, save more money mm -hmm. instead of giving them all to the IRS. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely. you also help people on how to protect their assets. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. I know you're going to share a lot of value with people here. I'm excited to hear everything about your journey. I know you started about 20 years ago in this journey yeah. or even two more. and a half decades ago. Two yeah. and a half decades. Yeah, yeah. I also know you have a law degree. I do. So it's like, wow, you get yeah. the, both of, <laughs> the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. When did everything get started exactly? Just a quick background oh, before all of that. Um, like the quick background. Quick background. Exactly. Um, I, uh, I left university. I, 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 when I was younger, I had a, this um, thought process that I was going to go into the FBI. So that, that was oh. like what I was like on track to do. So I went to university with that in mind. Got uh, I was double major in history and psychology with a minor in political science and a certificate in government service administration. Wow. Just basically meant I did nothing other than school. Um, and uh, I actually started working for the United States Department of Justice. Mm. Um, so I worked for DOJ, um, but I learned pretty quickly that I did not like the government. I didn't mm. enjoy the bureaucracy that was there. I, the, there was a lot of challenges with regard to actually getting things done. The bottlenecks. Um, a lot of bottlenecks. Wow. And um, one day I just hit my tipping point and uh, I handed in my resignation without a plan B. Wow. And uh, because of my level of clearance, because the area of DOJ that I worked in was a pretty high level clearance environment, so I was es escorted out of the building that day um, when I handed in my resignation. Because again, when you have certain security clearances, you, you can't stick around. There's no, there's not like a two week time frame. It's like you thank you, and you're like I couldn't even go back to my office to get my things. Wow. It was that type of thing. Like they sent all my stuff to me in a box like a couple weeks later, um, but. I had always, again, I didn't have a plan B, but I had always had an interest in money. Um, so I, I lived in, uh, I was born and raised in New Jersey. New Jersey. Nice. So uh, I started doing uh, workshops in Gosh. local libraries around the state, teaching people how to budget. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got started in, as an adult in my entrepreneurial journey. Like I actually started entrepreneurism when I was younger, but as an adult, that was my, my start. So I, wow. and to say that like, I mean, really, I was just passing the time because uh -huh, uh -huh. I think if I, if I remember correctly, I was charging like $5 for pe someone to attend my workshop. And I was, I was spending like $4.50 a person just in food <laughs> and beverages just to, just to get them <laughs> there. So I wasn't making any money. Um, but I can remember one, 
one day, um, one of the attendees came up to me afterwards and asked if he could buy me lunch the next day. And I was like, yes, yes. absolutely, because I had no money. <laughs> so, so I was like, all in, yes, I could wow. do that. And um, he took me to lunch the next day and he asked me if I had ever given any thought to financial services as, mm. like a, as a career. And uh, honestly, I had not. Like, I had always had an interest in money, but I was not, um, like, I never thought about that at all. So I started doing my due diligence, looking into it, like, what it would be like. And I opened my very first financial planning practice in 1998. 1998. Yeah, so that, like, I'm dating myself. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm definitely not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I started that business. Um, the first... Like the first four years were an absolute waste because I, I didn't know how to run a business. Like I, I spent all of my time just figuring out like what I thought I needed to know, mm -hmm. which was like the markets and how investments work and like that sort of stuff. And now, don't get me wrong, that's very important information to know. 100%. But when you're a business owner, you need to know so much more than that. And 100%. I didn't know anything. And... I literally, I think, like, so there's a book out there, I'm sure, in the world that literally tells you everything you're not supposed to do in business, and I think I did everything I was not supposed <laughs> to do. Um, I got to a point where I was, um, I was, like, ridiculously in debt, because I had, those first four years, the reason I say it's a waste is I literally didn't make any money. When I say I didn't make any money, I'm telling you, I did not just make any money. Just trying to figure out. I was spending money just trying to figure out like to, I was sort of like playing the part of like being a business owner being too. Business owner. I was like, um, like acting as if, because someone had told me once you have to act as if and you get, and no, no that's no. not how it works. Um, and uh, I can remember wow. at my low point, I had 17 credit cards, 17 credit seven cards. personal loans, and a handful of loans from friends and family. And it was three, $352,000 in debt. Wow. Yeah, it was like, it was ridiculous. Really did. Um, and I had no way of dealing with it. Like I was, again, I was just making every mistake, hiring mistakes. I was, I was, I was bringing staff on when I wasn't even making money. Like it was like, I was doing like really stupid things. Wow. And um, the only reason I didn't fail out, quote unquote fail out, is because I'm really stubborn. So I just wouldn't give up. And, um, but I got to a point where I hit my low point, like every business owner oh, has a low 100%. point, right? You're going to hit it. It's Ev like everyone inevitable. hits it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to take away from anyone else's low point because everyone has their rock bottom. 100%. Like there's no real comparison because it's really your personal, personal rock yeah. bottom. And, um, I hit my rock bottom. It was, a, it was a Tuesday morning. Um, I can remember I, like I was woke. I was awake. I, w I wake up around 6 a.m. at that time. Um, so I was a, it was around 6 a.m. I was already awake. And just a little after 6, maybe like 6.07 or something like that, um, there was a knock at my door. Wow. And I can remember going downstairs because I was living in an apartment. It was on the second floor. Um, walked downstairs, opened the door, and there was two guys standing outside my, my door. And one of them had a clipboard there, and they were there to take my car. Wow. Yeah, they were repossessing my car because... At my low point, like every, all of those those bills were past due, more oh, than so sixty days. More than sixty days. Every bill I had was past due, and they. I can remember I had to sign the piece of paper, the clipboard. I had to sign it. I had to give them my key. I can remember them putting my car on my flatbed on the flatbed and like 
driving off driving with it. Off. And I'm like, I have to I go to work. I don't have a car, <laughs> I don't have a car anymore. Um, and this is in New Jersey, so like the, the public transportation system is not, away. yeah, everything is driving distance. And public transport, it wasn't, yeah, it just wasn't an option. Wow. So um, I closed the door behind me. I walked back upstairs. I walked past my kitchen. Like, like to call it a kitchen was like being really generous. Like it was a kitchenette. Um, and I had this, I can remember, I have this little round table. Like it was barely enough like to fit one person. Definitely couldn't fit two wow. in the kitchen. And on top of it was piles of envelopes. Most of them were unopened because I knew what was inside. What was inside? Just bills it was bills, just past due notices. And I was just, I was ignoring the problem that was there. And I can remember walking into my bathroom, which was just beyond the kitchen, um, walking right in and straight to the mirror and just looking at myself in the mirror and just saying, Edward, what are you doing? Like, literally everything was wrong. Like, everything about my life was wrong. Um, I had ruined relationships. I had ruined friendships. Um, like, quite literally, like, I had ruined everything. Wow. And... Um, that was when, that, again, that was my rock bottom. That was when the light bulb, the like switch, if you will, went off in my head. And it was finally the moment I was able to say I needed help. Like I, I needed someone to tell me what I need to do. Because up until that point, even though I was like a massive failure, in, in real, I was a massive failure. I was so arrogant at the time, I would not like, I would not admit it. It's a, it's a pride of the commit, committing to not not give up exactly and understanding that anybody that would get to get an insight of what is going on would tell you that you failed and oh, yeah. you didn't want to accept that yeah and that's i think i could i could not accept it that feeling every yeah. single entrepreneur is going right? to face it right and i i was in that environment where i'm like okay there's nowhere else to go i need help and that's when i started reaching out to mentors for the first time mm-hmm. like i I was so arrogant, I would literally not listen to anyone else. What, any, what anyone else had to say, I wouldn't listen to it. I'd do, almost do the, almost the exact opposite, right? Wow. I was self-sabotaging, I was doing everything, everything was wrong. And um, I started listening to mentors. I re- made outreaches, I like, got on my hands and knees, like begging, like please help me type of thing. And I can remember asking questions and then finally starting to listen to what was being told to me um, I started doing literally what they told me to do without question. Without like I, question. like I would, they would say do this, and I would just do it, and I wouldn't think about it. Which, luckily for me, that was a good thing because if I would have thought about it, I would not, have done, not it, have done it because I would have again. I would, I was in this habit of self sabotage, wow. but it everything changed literally overnight for me. Like I started doing the things I needed to do in business, and within the, the first year, so this is year now five. Year five. The first year, I had broken even for the first time. Like I made enough wow. money to cover my expenses. Now I didn't make money, so it was nothing to write home about. But to me, I was like over the moon. A hundred percent. Like four years, like losing money, and I finally broke even. Wow, within the same business. Same business. So my my financial planning practice, and then by by the end of year six, I had paid off all my debt. Wow. Yeah. Like I. I literally transformed my entire life in two years. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, one of the, like it says that every man is strong when there is no chaos around, right? Yeah. Real man is not measured in the time of greatness. Yeah. It's measured in the time of calamity, mm-hmm. right? What, was, what do you think was the main 
reason like what made you what give you the idea of like okay i just know something is not working mm -hmm. and i'm not going to take an easy way out i'm going to confront it mm. what did you think what are like the criteria that allow you to submit yourself to somebody that you would not have otherwise listened to before well again for me i think it was the realization of the the facade that i had created because from the outside i looked like a business owner right no one could like no, no one, one saw my bank accounts except for the bank like except the bank knew i was not good yeah the bank knew i was definitely not work it wasn't working uh, but everyone else sort of didn't know that because i was i was playing the game man I, like i I, I would use this credit card to pay off this credit card. Like I was, I was taking advances. I, I, it was issues. Wow. Um, I got to a point where I, I just ran out. There was no more credit cards. One, they wouldn't issue me anymore. My debt, my credit was like, like literally rock bottom. Wow. Um, so I couldn't get any more loans. I, none of my friends would give me money anymore because I hadn't paid them in like, like months. Wow. Um, so those friendships I completely ruined, and that, that's hundred percent on me. And I own that. Um, and I just, I, again, I had literally nowhere else to go. And I had, I had a choice, either like literally like shrivel up and die <laughs> yeah. or figure it out. Figure it out. And I knew I couldn't figure it out because whatever I knew wasn't working. Wasn't working. And again, I was so, because for me in university and in, in schooling in general, I did remarkably well without trying at without all. Trying. Like I just... I never tried, and I know that that's, that even sounds arrogant. It's just I didn't. I never tried, and I did really, really well. Wow. So I just assumed that that meant I was smart. But 100%. There's, but there's no correlation between academic intelligence and business, business intelligence. intelligence. It just, it just doesn't exist. There's no correlation. Um, and I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Um, but to everyone else that was out there, it was like, hey, listen, this guy must be a success. Why? Because I had a nice car nice that I could car. not afford. I had a, not really a nice apartment because it was kind of dinky. And even then, I couldn't afford that. Uh, but I, I presented all the things that made it look like I was doing well. Like I had, I had office space. I had employees wow. that I, like there were times where I couldn't make payroll. I'd have to figure out how to get payroll. Like my payroll would be like two or three weeks late. And I'd be like saying, oh, there's a, and I'd be telling my employees things like, oh, there's a problem with the bank or there's a problem with, like, no, it was like, I, I did not have money. Wow. And, and the credit cards that I used to be able to take a, a, a cash advance from, I couldn't do that anymore because I maxed out that capability. So I, I, that was like literally to the point where when they took my car away and I had literally no way to get to work and no, I couldn't even think like, how could I explain that? Like, how could I explain that I don't have a car anymore? It's like, there's no way to explain. There's no way to explain, Everybody right? see you as... Exactly. And that was like, okay, my world just shattered. Like, everything about my life, it has now broken. So I can, I can either just, like, sit in the corner in my bathroom, like, curled on the floor, or I could say, okay, I'm broken, I need help. And that's what I did. And I started making outreaches to people that I had known of in business, business in general, it wasn't just in my industry, it wasn't just mm -hmm. in financial planning, um, it was just business, business in general, and I would, I would start asking questions and say, and, and, and sharing scenarios and, and ask like, how would you deal with that? And why? Like, what's your thought process behind it? And um, 
I literally just start doing what they told me. Like wow. it was, and the transformation was, was quick. Yeah, it was really, really fast. Like and within a couple of years. It was two years, it totally changed my life. And I attribute that one to, to being very fortunate to have people who knew what they were talking about share stuff with me. And two, I had no ego left. So I just did what they told me to do. And that, that was so liberating too, because I didn't have to think about it. I didn't, I didn't question, I just, I, my, my ego completely was gone. Wow. And um, that was what made it possible for me to, to do what I did in, in relatively speaking a short period of time. Well, this is powerful because there is like two alternatives here, right? Like what you have taken out of it is like admitting that letting your ego go and leverage that to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And many people in this instance, what would the first thing that would come to their mind is like, okay, now everybody know that I didn't have what looked like a hat. Yeah. And how would I face something like that? Yeah. And that could be a reason why, you know, we live in a society where a lot of people decide to take easy way out mm -hmm. and commit suicide and these type of yeah. things. And you hear about those type of things often. Mm -hmm. And like what you did right there is it's really remarkable. And I think a lot of people can learn from this. Yeah. I believe that in life, we, every single one of us is going to screw up massively oh, at some yes. point. <laughs> at some point in life, either in a relationship good relationship that you destroy or good or business opportunity that you blew up mm -hmm. but we have to be willing to accept that it's okay to screw up massively mm -hmm. and own it and grow from it yeah i think that entrepreneurs i think get on themselves too much with this concept of failure yeah um and what i realized is that failure is only failure if you fail to get back up right mm -hmm. because you you if you're if you're constantly getting up then you haven't failed. That doesn't mean you don't change. Like I pivoted, I, I changed course because Massively. what I was doing wasn't working. wasn't working. And I was hitting my head against the wall and ran, like running full force into like brick walls and getting bloodied and everything, it was issues. Um, but once I would get up and then started to learn from other people who had achieved milestones of success that I had I just hoped for, never even imagined I could get to, but. I'm like, oh, hey, listen, this guy know this guy is visually doing X. I should just model that. I should just do what they're doing to get that result. And that's when I started to understand that that the reality of of business is that the formula of success is is just reverse engineer, reverse right? Engineering the and end just, goal. Yeah. If you if you know one, if you know something is possible, I'm not saying do something that's impossible. If you know something is possible you can re re reverse engineer the steps to get there. Because it's like, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll talk to a business owner and I'll say, um, I'm not telling you how to get to Pluto, right? Because I have no idea if a human can ever get there. Because it's not happened yet. A hundred percent. Right? So I don't know the steps to get there. But what I can do is I can get you to 30,000 feet, right? Because people Keep fly there every time, all yeah. the time. Airplanes fly at 30,000 feet. So I know it's possible. Therefore, I just have to reverse engineer. Step one, go to the airport. Step two, buy a ticket. Right. Step three, get on the plane. That's right? right. Reverse engineer the steps that'll get you to where what your goal and objective is. And that's that's one of the things that was taught to me by by one of my first mentors that I actually started listening to. Wow. Was that no matter what you want in life, if it's possible, you can reverse engineer the steps. That doesn't mean you'll get there, but you, but you have the plan that you can put in place to get there, and then just work the plan. Wow. This is powerful. You know, Edward, like, there is this thing about confidence, right? Mm -hmm. And like 
90% of the people that would, a good amount of people that would go through your situation would lose their confidence. Mm -hmm. And one of the most crippling thing that can happen to somebody's loss of confidence. Mm -hmm. Did you for a second had like, you know, like a couple of months where you felt like you lost your confidence. Oh gosh, yes. And you don't. I think leading up to the fall, quote unquote, the fall, um, I definitely did. I, my confidence was eroded because I was wow. I was constantly defeated. I, I kept putting the face on, like the mask. Like I would go into the office, I would talk with the employees, I would I would prospect, I would try to go out and get clients. Um, but the reality was, I was I was not doing well, and I knew it. And it got to a point where I couldn't lie anymore. Like it was just like. The, this is not working. So my confidence was absolutely shattered. And on the day that my rock bottom hit, that was definitely the day that my confidence was completely gone. Wow. Um, but again, I think that understanding where the root of confidence comes from, it comes from competence, competence right? 100%. When you're competent about something, it's easy to be confident about 100%. it, right? And I was not competent about business, and therefore I did not have any confidence that my business would work. Wow. So what I started to do was, again, I started to listen to people who were, and again, the image of success is, is oftentimes misleading. A hundred percent. But I would, I would say, okay, this guy purports to be, or this girl purports to be a success, Visually, it looks as if they are. And even then, you really don't know. You really don't know. But I had faith just by, by how they were carrying themselves. The, the authenticity in the things that they would share, I had faith that they were doing it. Now, because I knew how I was sharing, it did not come through us as authentic at all because I had no basis of what was happening in my life at that time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, could I, 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 I count myself as a reasonable judge of character. I'm not the best judge, but I'm a reasonable judge. And I could tell that they, they knew what they were talking about, I was talking about because they could explain it to me like I was three. Wow. And I would like, okay, that makes sense, but I don't even have to care about it making sense. I'm just going to do what do you it. tell me to do. And then as I'm doing that, then I'm, I'm learning the lessons. It's almost like, like, I don't know if you've ever seen that old, old movie, like Karate Kid and like Mr. Kid, Mi yeah, Mr. Yeah, Miyagi, yeah. wax on, wax off, off type environment. Oh, you have to that, do that. Yeah, just, uh, that's what I was doing. I was, I, was, I was following the instruction. I was just doing it. I didn't know why. I was just doing it. And over time, I started to recognize why I was doing it. Like, oh, this leads to that. That leads to that. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And I started to build an acumen about business and then start to apply that within my own business, my own career. And then I got to a point where I was so competent about certain subjects, I would just start telling other people about telling it. Telling other people about it. And then they would, they would get results. And then I started building a business. Like my financial planning practice started to grow. I actually, I, I actually got people results based on the fact that I started to know what I was talking about. And that led to more business. And I, I built that business out. I mean, I... The evolution of that business now is uh, I'm in 27 states with that wow. company. We're, we essentially are serving clients all over the country. Um, I've built other businesses now to, to, that are complementary to that business. I mean, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I own nine businesses. Oh, wow. um, we've no. done, uh, we've built and scaled them now over the years up to and through six and seven figures each. 
So we know how to get it done. How to get it done, most definitely. And that, that has been earned over time. Like I did not know this when I was getting when started. started. But over time, you learn more, you become competent, competent. about things, and you become then therefore comp confident, confident to present it in, in whatever fashion you want to present it. Wow, powerful. So the same, this is like the same business that you created back then is still the main yep. company. Today. Yeah, so yeah, the, my private wealth management firm, which is now the evolution of it, like start off as a financial mm -hmm. planning firm and we've grown over the years to do more and more services. So it's a private wealth management company now and we nice. help individuals with their portfolios. We help them with their financial planning needs, estate planning needs, et cetera. But I mean, I've added to that business because I recognize that clients, um, like, because I, I primarily serve business owners. Business now, owners. We have other clients as well with the, within the firm because I have different members of the firm that are able to add value. I focus a lot of my attention on business owners specifically, mainly just because I resonate well with 100%. them. It's like my, my yeah, you're my family, yeah. right? And um, so I recognize that a lot of business owners were not getting really good tax advice. So I started to look outside to find a good collaborator in that environment and I just I didn't find someone that really aligned with me. I looked, I looked pretty hard for that, but I got to a point where I wasn't getting the the connections that I wanted to that would resonate with me. So I just decided to build it on my own. So I built a tax practice to complement what was happening with our financial our financial planning practice at the time. Um, and built that out and scaled that and then I was also recognizing that business owners were having a challenge with understanding their financials in their business, yeah. and they were making poor decisions because of that. And I could re relate. Oh, I was making ridiculously poor decisions when I was starting out, uh, mainly because I didn't even know my numbers were. I didn't understand numbers. Yeah. I mean, I knew about what happens in, Things in a stock. Exactly. Um, so then I started looking for outside partners on the accounting side, the not just the tax side. practice side, mm. but the accounting side couldn't find something that resonated well with me, so I built it. So I built my own uh, fractional CFO firm. So, oh, wow. and so again, complementary businesses. And then I got involved in real estate because I, I, I learned from one of my mentors that real estate is a key ingredient to wealth creation. And I started getting involved in real estate. So we have residential real estate, we have commercial real estate, started a property management company in order to manage uh, real estate, no, not only for myself, but for others. Um, and then we just continued to grow. And then we wow. built a coaching company to help other business owners really understand the, the dynamics, if you will, of what it takes to build a business and then scale that business. Um, understand how to structure it. As you structure mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. you mentioned earlier, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. I specialize in, in tax, estate, and business law now. Um, I, don't, I don't practice internally. I always use outside counsel to do drafting work and filing work for our clients. But like I, I do all the design work. I bring that law background, that law mentality, plus coupled with business enterprise knowledge and, and understanding entrepreneurism so that we can actually structure things the right way. Um, and so we coach business, businesses and business owners on how to do that. And then, then I spend a lot of time uh, in the area of I refer to as plugging the profit leaks for business owners, helping plugging them to the profit yeah, leaks. helping them to keep more of every dollar they're making, whether mm. that's in operational inefficiency or the largest profit leak tends to be tax. So yeah. I help them to figure out how can they use tax strategies to keep more of every dollar they're making. And then once they're doing that, 
then we move them into what I refer to as compound asset acquisition, like compound what to do with the dollars, yeah, what to do with the dollars that they're saving, like how to put them to work, whether it's reinvesting in their existing business or acquiring other businesses or acquiring real estate. Again, mm. I believe real estate is a key ingredient in wealth creation. Um, and, and like, I'm very biased now. Like I believe that the, this is coming from someone who owns a private wealth management firm. I believe the only way to create real wealth is through business. Through business. Doesn't, doesn't mean that, uh, like, so a traditional portfolio, I, I just don't think you can actually create wealth. Not, not statistically, it's not probable that you will create wealth, not real wealth, not real through wealth. a traditional portfolio. But through a traditional portfolio, you can accumulate wealth, meaning you can expand the wealth that you've already created elsewhere. And I think that the, the best avenues, again, I'm biased, but the best avenues to create wealth is business. Business. And if, if done correctly, real estate is business. 100%. So figuring out how to put that mix together is, is essentially what I teach now. Wow. So literally, like from you not understanding how to structure your own business mm -hmm. to like now, not only build multiple businesses, but also build a structure mm -hmm. that can, you know, pretty much teach anybody at any stage of the business yep. to get to the stage where they can optimize the, the financials mm -hmm. and you know the business in general what do you think was the, the key lessons right that anybody else out there can leverage either they're they experiencing mm -hmm. what you was experiencing when you were first started mm -hmm. or they just you know they started making money and they want to you know pretty much go to the next level mm -hmm. what are the lessons that you have learned that allow you to really create an edge for yourself well i think uh the, the biggest thing that most people struggle with in ignorance, meaning they don't even recognize they struggle with it often, mm -hmm. is just financial literacy as a whole. Financial literacy. Like, so many people are so financially illiterate, they don't even recognize the mistakes they're making with money. Like, in general, whether that's in their personal life or within the business life. Now, I can say that confidently because I am competent I've gone through it myself. I've yep, been there. Yep. I made every mistake that's possible with money. Like quite literally. I don't think, I don't think there's a mistake that exists They're that I did not make. So I've gone through it. I've been poor, extremely poor. Wow. I've, I've used credit cards the absolute wrong way that it should be used. Um, I've gone through everything that, that you can possibly go through when it comes to it. But when it comes to confidence, I'm confident now because I've done it. Done I've it. learned it. And I've learned how not to do it. And I've learned how to do it. Yep. So that when, if you're, if you're trying to build a skill set, financially literacy skill sets are definitely the ones you want to focus on because they'll serve you well forever. 100%. Right? If you understand money and what money is, it's just a tool. You know how to utilize that tool. It's important. So there's some very basic financial literacy concepts that I think every business owner should know. Okay. Every person in general, I think, should know. And that's like things like the differences between an asset and a liability. Asset and liability. Right? Yeah. Now, most people, they think they know what that, that is. Now, I have very simple definitions for pretty much everything I do. I'm excited. I'm looking forward okay. to hearing it. So for me, and uh -huh. this, so again, I'm a financial guy, and most financial people will disagree with what I'm about to say. Wow. A, an asset is simply anything you control that generates cash flow for you. An asset. That's it. Something if it does not generate cash flow, I do not call that an asset. That's where a lot of CPAs will say, well, they, 
the, the gap, <laughs> no, no, no. Like if you're looking at a balance sheet, that's not, that's not the definition. Well, okay. Compare your balance sheet with my balance sheet. That's it. I'm telling you right now, an asset is anything you control that generates cash flow for you. So an example could be um, that something you don't own, for instance, as an example. Yeah. Let's say you, you're doing Airbnb arbitrage. Because yeah. that's a big big trend now yeah. where you get you essentially get a lease for a property, you get the permission from the landlord to sublet it, and you're arbitraging that on Airbnb. So you're hoping to get a spread above whatever your, your lease costs are with that original landlord. Yeah. You don't own that property. You don't own it, no. But you control it. You control it. And it generates cash flow for you. Mm, Therefore, it an is asset. an asset. Boom. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the example that a lot of people will use is, well, wait a minute, I, I own my house, I'm living in my house, that's an asset. I'm like, no, oh. that actually is my definition of a liability. Because a liability mm. is anything that takes money out of your pocket. Wow. Right? And the house so if, has that. Yeah, well, think about it. You're, you're paying your mortgage interest, you're paying your property taxes, you're paying the maintenance and upkeep on that property. Yep. Like all of that's taking money from you. 100%. So unless you are house hacking, which is also a way to convert that liability into an, an asset, asset, unless you're house hacking, that, that means it's a liability. That's an interesting con concept, house hacking. Right? Yeah, so house hacking is when, like let's say you live in a multi-room uh, home, okay. renting out one of the rooms, mm. getting a roommate. Or if you have a, a, a multi-unit uh, property, let's say it's a, a duplex, a triplex, or a quadplex, um, you live in one unit and rent out the other two or three or four, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And those rental uh, incomes help pay for the overall all carrying costs you live for free. So house hacking is definitely a, a, a method by which you can convert what otherwise would be a liability into an asset. And if you, if you just take those two very simple principles and you focus all of your time and attention on acquiring assets instead of liabilities, you're already on the path to financial freedom. Because again, the definition that I use for an asset is it's something you control which generates cash flow for you and cash flow is what matters, right? 100%. Because a lot of people will say, well, wait a minute, my house is gonna appreciate in value and oh, that's nice but you can't spend appreciation easily, right? You can't spend it. You it have takes, to get out of it. Yeah, it, take, it takes a lot of effort to make appreciation spendable, right? Yeah. You either have to sell the property or you have to otherwise encumber the property through a mortgage or a home equity loan or something or like that to get, to get money out. That's hard. It yeah. doesn't, it's not immediate. It's not immediate. So if I'm hungry, I can't take my house down to the grocery store and buy eggs with it, right? <laughs> cash flow is the only thing that makes that possible. So 100%. cash flow is what's more important. So, so many people get so hung up on, on appreciation. Don't get me wrong, appreciation is nice. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. But it, on the cake. it does not create financial freedom. Financial mm -hmm. freedom is a formula. It's a simple 10 word formula. Would you like to know what it is? Yeah, 10 words. 10 I words. Said it. It's so simple though, most people ignore it. In fact, anyone watching? Financial freedom. Financial freedom formula. It's 10 words, it's so simple. Most people will ignore it. They'll listen to this episode. They'll be, oh, that sounds nice. And then they'll just move on. They'll forget it. Put this on the paper. This is, you need to write it down. Free cash flow greater than your daily needs and wants. Wow. Free cash flow greater than your daily needs and wants. Ten words. Ten words. And if you can adopt that principle in everything you do in life, you can understand how to become financial free. That won't make you financially free because you actually have to do things. 100%. So, so knowledge without action is nice, 
but doesn't get you results. A hundred percent. Actions would matter. So what does that mean? So free cash flow greater than my daily needs and wants. What is free cash flow? Free cash flow is just something in excess of what it costs you to live, like daily needs and wants. That's your burn rate. That's what yeah. you're spending, spending every single month, each and every month out. That's that's your daily needs and wants. So if you have money that exceeds, meaning cash flow, that exceeds this amount, you are financially free. 100%. Because you have more money than you need. Basic, basic, very, very basic math. Like it's very, very simple. That's why most people will ignore it. They'll, they'll like, oh no, that's not how it works. No, that's literally what literally it is. What it now, is. most people do not are not content, and that's perfectly fine too. So they'll get to a point where they have free cash flow that exceeds their daily needs. And once, what do they do? Up they raise this. Their lifestyle goes up. And again, I totally get it. But in order to be financially free, you need excess. You need more cash flow than you're spending. Okay, so that formula creates financial freedom. So if, here's the challenge though. When you achieve this to any significant degree, it's often through what I refer to as becoming rich, right? And don't get me wrong, if, like if I ask poll, if I, we go out downtown Miami right now in Brickell and, and say, hey, how many people here want to be rich? Almost every Everybody, hand is going to go up, right? Every hand is going to go up. I just, I don't want people to be rich. I want them to be wealthy. Wealthy. Because let me explain the difference. It's another layer above. Yeah, because being rich is having excess cash flow, like free cash flow beyond your daily needs and wants. This is rich. But the problem is you're the one generating the cash flow. Mm-hmm. You are doing something. You're doing trading something. your time for those dollars. You're, you're doing something that creates cash flow. That even in a business environment, the business owner is doing something in the business which generates cash flow. And that, that gets them to this state of richness, which again, being rich is way better than being poor. I've been both, okay? (laughs) It is by far, I will go up against anyone who says otherwise, being rich is way better than being poor. A hundred percent. But the difference is being wealthy is so much better because being wealthy is the same state of free cash flow greater than your daily needs and wants, but you are no longer generating the cash flow. You're not in the equation anymore. Exactly. Your assets that you've accumulated over time, remember my definition mm-hmm. of assets, uh-huh. generate the free cash flow wow. that are greater than my daily needs and wants. So as an example, I own nine businesses that generate cash flow whether I'm there or not. My family and I went away for like six weeks, I think, at the end of the year into wow. the new year. I did nothing with regard to work. My, all my businesses operated without me. Because I set them up with the right structure to get the right things done, even whether I'm present or not. Wow. We can go, we're going away for another three or four weeks again at the end of this coming month into June. Um, and we'll be gone, we'll be in Europe, we'll be traveling, enjoying life, and my businesses will continue to operate without me. Wow. Because I've set the right systems in place. Now that did not happen overnight. overnight. 100%. It happened over time through strategic planning. Like I had an idea. I found something that worked outside of me, understood what, what the, the things that were necessary to make that happen, reverse engineer it back so that I can put it into practice myself. And over time, I've been able to perfect that process so that I could do it within my own businesses and I could teach other business owners how to do that exact same thing. Wow. Because that's financial freedom. But most people become their own enemy when it comes to money. Like they'll, they'll see the flashy thing, yeah. like, the Lamborghini, the Lamborghini, and they'll go buy the Lamborghini. Yeah, because they want to like they show afford. they want to show their wealth instead of buying an asset that creates wealth. Mm-hmm. So they'll spend money that they've traded traded their time for, which is your time is 
infinitely more valuable than money. Like infinite, like you can't even put it into work. Like here's an example. Um, I, I, I brought my checkbook with me. So if you don't mind, I'm going to write you a check to just say thank you for, for this podcast. Wow. I'm going to write you a check for $1 million. I'll guarantee it'll, it'll clear. Like, wow. how would you feel about that? I feel great. Right? Yeah. But here's the caveat. Like, you can't wake up tomorrow or ever again. Wow. <laughs> I'll decline though without even decline thinking it. about Decline it. without thinking. Why? Yeah. Because waking up is worth way more than a million dollars. A hundred percent. It's worth more than a hundred million dollars. It's worth more Doesn't than a trillion dollars. Right? Yeah. Therefore, it is infinitely more valuable than a dollar. So if you are trading your time to earn a dollar, that dollar should never be used to buy a liability. The only thing that should ever do is to buy an asset so that it can make more dollars for you while you sleep. Wow. This is powerful. Right? The only way you should spend that dollar is only if it's going to bring you back time. Exactly. You spend, so wealthy people spend their money to buy time. Poor people spend their time to buy money. Wow. And it's that, that, that juxtaposition of reality that keeps people down because they just don't know what they don't know. Like when you learn these lessons of financial literacy, that's why I said the biggest thing that someone can learn is to become financially literate, to understand that money is simply a tool mm-hmm. and that it's, relatively speaking, it is not hard once you understand these principles to put wow. them into practice. You just have to do it. And 100%. do it consistently. Consistent. You have to do it over and over and over again with, with diligence and with, with, with just the fortitude to say, no matter what, I'm going to have the discipline to get it done because it doesn't matter how I feel about it. This is what will be required for the life I want. Wow. So like, the, the question I often ask people is, what do you actually want? And if you tell me you want a different life than you have, I can tell you exactly what it's going to cost. It's going to cost the life you have. To get the life you want, it costs the life you have, which means you have to be willing to change, change. what you're doing now because what you're doing now is what gives you what you have. 100%. You have to do something different if you want a different result. Does that make wow. sense? It's very clear, like crystal clear, like literally doesn't sound even complicated. The, you know, the, the best things in life are simple. I just had a flashback, right? You told me that when you start talking to these people, you had confidence about them because they could just explain you things mm-hmm. like a kid. Yeah. And then the way you are talking about it right now, it's like even a kid would understand this. Yeah. In fact, like my kids do, like I have two little ones. So I have my son is nine, oh, nice. my daughter's seven, um, and they know the difference between assets and liabilities. You ask them a question, I guarantee you they will give you the result. Wow. They will tell you exactly what an asset is. They'll tell you exactly what a liability is. They'll give you examples. You say, give me an example of what you mean by that. Wow. Why? Because financial literacy, it's our job. And this is my, my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't know if your audience has, has ever Googled me or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've Googled me. Yeah. I am the world's foremost expert on my opinion. <laughs> so, I love that. <laughs> so, so I share it often. That's it. I just think that if you are a parent, it is your responsibility to, to, to raise a financially literate child. hundred Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to help. Because if you're financially literate, you're going to create wealth. You're going to create wealth. The only thing that will keep wealth in the family is to make sure your children are financially literate too. Ooh, this is powerful. Right? Because most of the time, wealth that is created gets lost in a generation or two thereafter. So from the founder, it's usually gone by the second generation. Wow. And the reason for that is the person who created it learned all the things that are necessary to create it which makes the life of the, the second generation coming up 
pretty easy. Pretty easy. You don't necessarily have to earn the ability to create the wealth. Yeah. So if you're not teaching them what it takes to create it and or keep it, it will go away. A hundred percent. You know, it's funny when somebody passed away or something, the first thing that people often ask is, oh, did he left anything for the kids, money mm -hmm. for the kids? And they're often referred to the monetary aspect. Yeah. Nobody asks about what type of values the exactly. kid would have, what mm -hmm. type of standards the kid would have, what type of, you know, like how is the kid is being educated about living in the midst of a society oh, and yeah. being an asset to the society rather than a liability. Mm -hmm. And the financial literacy, put that on top of it. You give your kid all of this, you wouldn't have to worry about a thing at all. Absolutely. Wow. When you teach your children that, if they're trading their time for dollars, because sometimes that will happen. Oh, it would happen. As, especially if you're building a business. You're 100%. always in the beginning, especially in the build phase, you're yeah. going to be trading your time for dollars. Now, 100%. hopefully, you get to the point quickly where you stop doing that no. and you start to leverage, because there's four types of leverage in business. You have labor, which is like other people's other hands and people's feet. Sign. You have code, which is technology. Software, yeah. You have, you have audience, which audience. is your community. You can leverage them to become part of your marketing team, if you will. Yep. And you have capital. Yep. which is other people's money. I love that. Form of other money. But at the end of the day, when, when you're at a point in your career in the build phase and you start to recognize the power of leverage and then you can deploy that leverage into your business, that gives you the ability to step out from doing whatever the doing is. Mm. Because there's, again, I'm, I'm dropping a lot of bombs here. Yeah, a lot of bombs. Um, <laughs> I should get uh, a, yeah, get right? a bomb button. <laughs> uh, there's, there are seven words that every entrepreneur should learn and adopt. Okay. And it's find the who to implement the how. Wow, find right? the who to implement the how. Correct, because at the end of the day, the, you don't always have to be the person who's doing the how, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you shouldn't understand how. You should know how to do the how. But you shouldn't be doing the how, at least not forever. 100%. So eventually you need to figure out how do I transition that how to someone else, whether that's a who or it's a, a, a piece what? of technology. Piece of technology. Right, to get the how done. And once the hows are being handled by others, that just leaves you time to then work on the business, mm. right? And that's really what business, true business ownership is, in my opinion, is what you can do to work on the business. On the how business. can I perfect it? How can I improve revenues? How can I improve my profit margin? How can I keep more of every dollar that I'm making so that I can add value to my, my existing business and its constituents, which would be employees, customers, um, how can I help my community at large? Like, wh what can I do with those resources? Imagine how powerful that is if you're not focused day in and day out on, on all the other stuff yeah, that happens you have in business. Like, with all the knowledge you have accumulated over time, you'll be able to leverage your time. Absolutely. To do things that are much more, more, much more impactful. Yeah, and again, the wealthy will use their money to buy time because they know that time is worth more than, than any dollar you can make. We, and we, wow. we investigated that together today. A hundred percent. If you're watching this right now, you have a clear cut, like points that you can point to to justify that to anybody. Mm -hmm. Wow. So this is the thing, right? Like after your first challenge, I'm taking back a little bit because mm -hmm. I believe there's a big lesson here, right? Mm -hmm. After the first, first time when everything went south, have you thought for some time that, okay, I need to go get a job. So I didn't, and, and again, that's probably just because I'm so stubborn. Um, so let me, let me step back. Mm -hmm. That's not exactly 100% accurate. There were definitely points right before I hit my rock bottom that I thought maybe I could get like 
like a, a we call them side hustles now. Side hustles. That that terminology didn't exist when I was younger. Like I, again, I'm I'm much older than you guys. Um, but when it when it comes to it, like I did think about it. In fact, I can remember I put in an application. Okay, this, wow. this is gonna be. I'm, this is the first time I'm sharing this. This is like you're getting. <laughs> my team doesn't even know this. Wow. I can remember I put in an application for UPS, wow. because they had a night shift that I could do, um, unloading boxes or loading boxes. I, re- I remember. Um, wow, this is. You should cut this. Yeah, right. You cut this. This, this, this is. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> like this is definitely something different. But um, I remember I had to buy. The only reason I didn't do it. It's because I had to buy special boots that had steel tips because it was a requirement to work there and they wouldn't pay for it. You had to buy your own shoes. You have to buy your own shoes. So I, did, I, didn't, I didn't complete the application. That's the only reason I didn't take that night shift job to help me get some more money. Wow. And luckily I didn't because that actually got me to the point where I hit my, my rock bottom sooner. Because if I would have done that, I would at least had some money. Some money to and carry through. Yeah, so... Point. And I probably would have convinced myself that I could keep doing that without anyone knowing. Like I, I could, I could live on no sleep. Now my team knows I do live often on no sleep because I just, I, I don't sleep much. Um, not because we of, that. yeah, I just, I, I just don't sleep. Like yeah. I, I, I'm, it's not insomnia. It's just I, when I want to sleep, I can go to sleep. But usually, I just don't want to sleep. Um, so I could have probably survived doing that for a bit because it was overnight shift. Um, the only reason I couldn't do it is I couldn't afford to buy the shoes. Yeah, so I did give thought to it. I never actually pulled the trigger on it. Um, and that was the only thing I thought, and the only time that I thought about getting a, 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 another job to help support myself or quitting the entrepreneurial game and going back to work. Because again, the only real business experience I had, like career experience, was with the government. And I had such a bad taste in my mouth with regard to just working in government in general Again, I was disillusioned. Like when I was younger, I thought that that's that what I wanted it. to do. And that's literally why I, I took the course that I took and the path that I took because I, was, I wanted to go into the FBI. That was my goal. That was my objective. Mm-hmm. And once I was working for DOJ, again, there, there are some really wonderful people in government. Um, usually not many of the ones who are actually representing us are, are fiduciaries. <laughs> I mean, they're... They're just not the ones you should rely on. That just is what it is. It's my opinion. Um, But there are some really good people in government. So I'm not saying I don't like the people in government. I just don't like the system that it's it's evolved into. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of corruption, a lot of waste. Um, And again, I just, I don't like government in my wallet. So I've spent now my career, the past two and a half decades, just learning what I can do to help myself keep more of every dollar I'm making and help other business owners do the same. Because if I can help you send less money to the IRS legally, yeah. I win. Because that's a big game for me. Because I, I don't like them. Yeah. And yeah. if I, you keep more of that money, I, I just have faith that you are a better steward. <laughs> the enemy. Exactly. Whatever hurts the enemy. Exactly. Stronger. Exactly. We're on the same team against 100%. them. Yeah. And so if I, like, you are just a better steward of your resources. 100%. I just, I firmly believe that. And I'd, I'd be willing to argue that point with anyone else who's out there because I just don't think that there's any doubt that me sending whatever dollars to uh, thousands of miles away to Washington, D.C., there's, they don't know us. They don't know, like if, 
I, I'm a libertarian, so I don't believe in big government at all. Mm -hmm. I believe if, if government should exist, which I do, it sh I do believe it should exist. I just believe it should exist as close to the people as possible, so the people can see how the government spends their money. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's not the government's money. Yeah, yeah. The it's government does not make anything. Yeah. It just takes and utilizes the, those resources. Now, we can argue whether or not they use the, those resources well. I argue they don't. They don't. You may argue that they do, and, and again, that, that's, that's a point of debate, and I love healthy debate. Like, I'm perfectly fine with being wrong. Just prove me wrong. Tell me where my reasoning is incorrect. 100%. And I'm wholly fine with being wrong. Just teach me. Because that, that actually me makes me better. Show me the light. Exactly. Yeah. It makes us better. So that's why I love debate. I love collaboration. I love talking with people because there's no downside to advancement, right? If 100%. you can help me improve, I'm happy to do it. Like yep. If I'm wrong, I want to be right, so 100%. teach me. Yep. Just yep. let's do that in a healthy environment. And I just think that government, especially over the course of the past two to three decades specifically, government has gotten so far away from healthy debate and it's gone completely to ridiculous One sound bites. Away. And yeah. like, no matter, it doesn't matter what party you're talking to. Like so they're both like ridiculous. They all had their yeah. own side. side exactly. Away. Oh, this is incredible. One of the things that often comes, right? Because in entrepreneurship, the journey is not as flashy as, you know, people showcase. Oh, definitely not. You know, on the internet, you can see the beautiful views, the beautiful cars, the mm -hmm. luxury life. But underneath it, or before you get to that stage, you're going to have some lonely nights, some sleepless nights. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of people that comes in and start an entre the entrepreneurial journey and quickly go back out mm -hmm. and you see them day in, day out. What would you give us an advice to somebody that is thinking right now about like, hey, I want to jump back out and go back to something, get a job or something? So I don't think being an entrepreneur is meant for everyone. Like, it's not. Like, it's not. 100%. You have to be a special kind of crazy. Yeah. You really do. Most definitely. You really Most do. Because... I mean, there's the old adage, like an entrepreneur is someone who's willing to stop working 40 hours a week for someone else to work 100 hours a week for themselves. Yeah, yeah that's insane. I wish everybody knew that before they It start. is insane. So <laughs> you have to be a special breed of crazy. Yeah. And if you are, then, then okay, that's good. Then, then follow that. Follow that 100%. pursuit. But you can live a very nice life as an employee. Nope. It's, it's perfectly it's, fine. It's, it's, yeah, literally. My, my, so I believe... Again, this opinions. Yep. I believe that true happiness is an illusion. Happiness is just an emotion. It is fleeting like all other emotions. So don't focus on happiness. Focus on fulfillment. Because fulfillment is persistent. 100%. If you are fulfilled in life, that's a good thing. That's good. And I think, again, just an that's opinion. That's powerful. That's powerful. Just an opinion. Fulfillment is the byproduct of progress. If you are making progress, no matter what the progress is, yep. you will be fulfilled. A hundred percent. So if your thing is, is being an employee and you are advancing in your capabilities as an employee, you're making progress. You'll be fulfilled. You'll be fulfilled. Now, there are things that impede progress. I mean, there's daily life. There, there, again, you could be financially illiterate, making poor decisions with the money that you're trading your time to earn. You're, you're, again, you're trading your time, the most valuable thing in the universe, yeah. 
for something that's fiat, it's currency, yeah, it's a piece of paper that's paper. barely worth what it, like it's literally not worth what it, what it says on it. Yeah. Um, and you're doing that and you're spending that money to buy liability, liability after liability. That leads to not being fulfilled yeah. because you're no longer making progress. Like you don't have to make huge progress. You have to make progress. progress. And like I'll see people and I, I have these discussions often um, where someone's like just enthralled with something that looks nice. So they'll go out and spend money to buy it. Yeah. And that's stupid. Like it just is. Like whether you agree with it or not, spending money on a liability, in my opinion, that you traded your time for to get that money, you never use that to buy a liability. Don't go buy the car with it. If you want this car, use the money to buy a house that generates cash flow to pay for the pay car. for the car. Wow. You know, the crazy thing about it is that some people do all these expenses not for their own desire, yes. but just for the opinion of others. Absolutely. And think about how ridiculously, such a waste of thought that is. Here's an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is not me. This is something I heard from Alex Hermosi. Alex, Alex, Hermosi. Alex okay. is, is the goat. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna plagiarize a bit of what he's doing, okay. but I'm giving him, I'm giving him credit because I did not invent this That's concept. So Alex, Alex uh, said this recently. He, so the the Queen of England, Queen of England, yeah. who just who who passed away yeah. recently, re- relatively recently, a couple of years ago, or I think no. two years ago, right? No. A year ago, not a year ago, year. less than a year ago, less than a year before I s- uh, brought her up. Mm-hmm. Were you thinking of her? No. No. Now, arguably, she, she attained a massive fortune in her oh, lifetime. Oh, yeah. Nobody was well. she, she had an amazing impact on the world. Everywhere. Right? She did more things than you and I ever will do. A hundred percent. And we didn't think about her. We didn't even think about her. Wow. Just a few months after she died. Wow. Think about that. People wow. aren't going to think about you. So why do you care what they think about you now? They're not going to think about you when you're dead. They're not going to think about you when you're not even in the room with them. You can still be alive. Like, I'm going to actively bring other people into your mind right now. Think about your friends. Before I asked you to do that, were you thinking about them? No. No. So why would you allow the opinions of other people who are not going to think about you? Because the same case as them. They're not thinking about you right now. Wow. Why would you allow other people's opinions, even the ones that are closest to you, to dictate what your reality is going to be? Sheesh. Right? Why would you do that? It's literally a waste. They're not thinking about you in this moment. Even your closest friends are not thinking about you in this moment, likely. It's Maybe on the, the off chance, off but chance. It's, it's a low probability. A hundred percent. Because most of us think about ourselves. Yep. Uh, and again, that, I'm not saying wow. that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's reality. And if that is reality, why would you allow that to influence who you're going to be? It's so more, much more important to, to let your own life be the dictator of where you want to go. Wow. And, and to say, okay, I'm gonna be the architect of the future I want, and therefore I'm gonna live the life I want to live. As opposed to giving someone else the permission to, to rule you wow. without owning any responsibility over the outcome. That's crazy, and it's like an never, a never ending, never ending sport. Yes. Because people are always gonna think about something anyway, like you have a nice suit, what about this other suit? Exactly. You don't have that suit. Exactly. And oh, you and wanna... you have no control over other people's opinions of you. None whatsoever. Like a lot of us think we do. Like right now, I have no control over what you think of me. None. None. I I try to 
to, to tack, like, be, I, obviously I don't do this now, but I, I would used to, like, I'd try to do whatever I could to make you think I was impressive. Like, again, this is when I was, when I was younger, I was doing stupid things. Um, now I, I literally, and no offense, I just don't care what you think of me. Like, I, I like you, I'm gonna be honest, I like you, but I literally don't care if you like me. If you do, great, if you don't, okay. Either way, it does not change my life because at the end of the day, when I'm dead, you're not gonna think of me. And I only get a certain amount of years on, on this planet, that's it. I'm not gonna give you power over me. Wow. Again, no offense, no offense at all. No, this is powerful, I think yeah. that literally, if you're watching this right now, think about the person that you feel like you have to consistently prove yourself to mm -hmm. and apply the same exact rule to it. And the worst thing is social media, right? You have random people that just watch your stories. Yeah. And the last time you spoke to them is maybe a year or two ago. And you consistently care about what they would think about you. Yeah, I think, I think you have to understand that there are, there are people in your life that do matter to you. And that means it's reasonable to care about them and maybe some of their opinions. Yeah. But even then, if your goal is to be here and live this life, and you are here living this life, if this person's opinion is going to stop you from getting to the life you want, that is on you. That's 100% your decision. Mm -hmm. I just think you're making the wrong one. And again, I could be wrong. Yeah. But I think that's stupid. <laughs> if you're going to allow this person, just because of what their opinion is of you doing something different, like for instance, um, I have a friend um, whose son has decided that he does not want to go to college, doesn't want to go to university. He wants to start a business. Again, I'm an advocate for business yep. and I'm excited for him. Yep. But everyone else he knows is going to university next year. He's, he's graduating this summer or uh, in two months, I two guess. Months. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to go to school. He hasn't applied. Now, his family's irate about it. They're like, I can't believe you didn't apply. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. He is not allowing other people's opinions to tell him what he can do. Now, that's powerful. And I'm powerful. so happy 100%. for him. Now, he may be wrong. He may decide that that's not the path that is actually for him. But here's the thing. He's young enough where he doesn't have responsibilities right now. He yeah. has the ability to be able to the do it. He's going in and experimenting. He's going to see, but you, 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 you think that university life is, is the wow. way to go. And this, I sit on the board of trustees for a university. So <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, I just tell it as it is. Like that is not the only path. There are many paths to the life you want, 100%. but I can guarantee it doesn't include what you're doing now because what you're doing now is giving you a life you have now. If you want the life you want life. is different. You have to do different things. Powerful. Wow. Shush. A lot of bumps. <laughs> a lot of bumps. I'm like, <laughs> wow. So, so this channel is pretty much for a lot of people that are not entrepreneurial mm -hmm. and they just thinking of the idea of entrepreneurship. For yep. somebody that look at, okay, Edward, he tried it. He went minus 30, 300,000. Yeah. Or put the other way and he made it back. Mm-hmm. And that person is thinking about, I want to start something. I see Edward, he mm -hmm. built all of this. He's impacting lives. I want to be like Edward. I want to have his kind of success. Where would you tell them to start? So 
the very first thing you, you should do is invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Figure out how to build skill sets that add value. Because the one lesson that you absolutely must learn is that money is truly abundant. Mm -hmm. There is no lack of, of financial resources that exist in the world, in the universe, because money follows value creation. Like if you go out in the world and create right. value, new money comes because money is the byproduct of value creation. Wow. Like if you create value, you create wealth. You create wealth. And all you need to do is create enough value for enough people in order to create the wealth you want. So if your goal is to make a million dollars a year, you can do, a lot, you can do that a lot of different ways. Yep. You can sell a million products for a dollar. You can sell one product for a million dollars. Yeah. It's the same thing, same different, thing. different paths different to get there. Now, granted, they will require different skills. 100%. It is more likely that selling the one product for a million dollars is gonna require a different level of sales skills. 100%. Than a million products for one dollar, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the million products for one dollar is gonna require a lot of technology skills because you're gonna to need to be able to market that in a different way and, and send it out to a million different people or 100 million different people so they can actually see your product and 1% decide to buy. Yep. Like whatever it may be, that, that's gonna require different levels of skills. 100%. So figure out what you want to accomplish, figure out what skills will get you that result and then invest in yourself to get that skill. Like the number one skill is, in my opinion, is sales. Like no matter what you're doing in life, you're selling yourself a service or a product. Yep. So at the end of the day, sales skills are important. Very important. Um, after that, financial literacy, because you want to know what, what to do with the result of the sales skills you have, right? Yep. If you're going to go out there and make money through sales, again, whatever, whether you're selling yourself a service or a product, that money needs to be able to be directed correctly. So you need financial literacy to back it up. Wow. So those, those are the things I would tell someone in the beginning phases. Then I would say, well, test, test, test. See, we get, we get so distracted with trying to win at whatever it is and we forget it's okay to experiment. Test doing this, test drop shipping, test, test real estate, test, test um, uh, services, business services, test SaaS, like test everything. And now we, like we're living in an age where technology is making anything possible. hundred percent. Like you have ChatGPT, like you can literally do anything you want. Like 100%. with technology and AI as your backbone. Like I grew up with dial-up internet access. Wow. <laughs> like that's what I had. I didn't have a computer when I was a child. It didn't exist in my home. Wow. Like we have computers in our pockets that are like 100%. way powerful than I ever had. Like I, I had... I barely had an email address when I started my first business. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm old. I, I had to do it the hard way. The hard way. There are easy ways to do it now. And your access and your community's access to vicarious learning through mentorship, whether that's through you yeah. and what you're doing here, whether that's through books. I mean, I, 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 I congratulated you on your library when I walked in because yeah, yeah. I think that, that you, you have adopted the the understanding that you can learn vicariously, 100%. whether that's in person talking with someone, whether that's through a, a podcast or a YouTube video, whether that's through a book, all of those vicarious learning opportunities give you the ability to shortcut your journey. 100%. Right? You can either learn by doing and failing, yep. or you learn by someone else's doing and failing <laughs> and shortcut your journey. 100%. Crazy. Like I came to the state in 20, 2013. I didn't yeah. speak no English. Exactly. So I had to 
I realized that if I want to make it, I have to find a way to consume as much knowledge as possible in a mm -hmm. shorter period of time. Yes. And be willing to try as many things as possible. Yeah. When you, were sell, when you were saying test, 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 I'm like, you're sitting with the guy that I'll try right? literally everything. Exactly. <laughs> but that gives you information, right? Yeah, 100%. You test it, you see if it works, and if it doesn't, then you question why. Question why, why, why did it? Then you iterate, and then you <laughs> test again. And if it works, great. If it works, here's the failure, though. What po most people do is they, they just say, oh, it worked, great. No, you have to ask, why did it work? Yeah. Because wow. you, you want every experience to be a learning experience, whether it's a good outcome or a bad outcome. Most people just focus on, oh, I can learn from the bad outcomes, the mistakes. No, learn from the good ones too. Why did that work? You know what's surprising? That's the first time I've ever thought of that. Right? Think about it. Like Every experience that leads Oof. to a result is a learning opportunity, whether the result is a good result or a bad result. Mm. Most people only pay attention to the bad result. They just do. It's a, it's a natural hab like habit yeah, that people yeah. have. But learning from the good result is also informative. A hundred percent. And you can take that iteration and advance it. Because let's say, let's say it's a marketing thing and, wow. and you're learning and you're like, okay, this piece of copy actually worked. Why did it work? Well, the audience that I'm targeting is males age 25 to 35 and that puts them in a range where this particular popular culture that they grew up with um, resonated yeah, with them. With so maybe I need more popular culture references for that age group in my copy. Yeah. Wow, you know what, right? ha what happened in our world if something is working, is like, just do more of that. Right. Oh, you know no. exactly what happened. Iterate, iterate always. That. Iterate always, even the good stuff. Mm. And the only way you can iterate is to learn why. Why it worked. Why did that work? Wow. What was it that made the result positive result? That's the question. And then you could say, okay, well, maybe it wasn't all of that. Maybe it was just a segment of it. So if I in in increase this little segment, maybe I get 10x result next time. But the only way to do that is to literally iterate all the time. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Wow, I feel like we can keep <laughs> going, going. It's an you adventure, know? right? Oh, man. It's, it's you didn't know what you were signing up for when I you brought me in. I didn't know what I was signing up for. <laughs> so in, in your journey, right, when you first started, I know, like you mentioned, you listen to a lot of people and yeah. execute it. Was there any other ways that have helped you to accumulate the knowledge that you have accumulated in this in a short period of time? Reading allow you to reading. Reading is definitely number one. Wow. Um, I this is I, I don't know who said this now. So this is someone else if besides I know who myself. Said it, I'm gonna be really yeah. excited. So uh, they were comparing. And it may have been Dan Martell. And, okay. and Dan, if, if, if you're watching this and, and I'm misattributing, I apologize, but you may have been the one who shared this. There was, it, it was basically comparing, like think about the, the way he phrased it was, again, I could be mm -hmm. a little bit off on how the phraseology goes, but he said, mm -hmm. think about the wealthiest neighborhood near you, okay? Think about it. And think about all of the houses in that wealthiest neighborhood. What do they all have in common? Every single house has a gun. Now, oftentimes the result you'll get back, oh, they have nice cars, but maybe not the same nice car. They'll have this, they'll... but no. The one thing that all of those houses in the wealthiest neighborhood near you have in common is they all have libraries. Libraries. Every single one of them. Wow. Because the reason why those people have been able to achieve wealth 
is they've learned. And the easiest way to learn is through reading. A hundred percent. But we, we, a lot of people, not me, but a lot of people stop reading when they get out of school. A lot of people don't even read when they're in school, right? <laughs> it's funny. Mine was opposite. Yeah. I love school and I started reading. Right, exactly. <laughs> and the, the, the thing is, when you're reading in school, it's an assignment. It's an assignment. And you have to understand, what is the motivation behind schooling? And again, these very opinionated, uh, that's who I am. I'm, an, I have, I'm full of opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our modern education system is fractured. fractured. It's broken. Because it's designed to create workers, Followers. not thinkers, right? Uh, otherwise, otherwise you'd have financial literacy courses. You'd have, you have a course on how to file your own taxes, right? You'd have a course on how to build a business instead 100%. of just working for someone else. You'd have those types of courses. Now, yep. I'm hopeful that education is evolving and we'll get more of that, especially just with exposure to other things that, that students have the access to these days. But... The one thing that's different about reading as an adult is usually it's motivated out of one of two things. One, it's entertainment, which that always exists. You have some people who read out of entertainment. Um, or it's motivated about learning something. Learning something that can move the needle, whether that's a, a fat piece of factual information or um, a, an instructional guide type of inf- information. But the concept of wealthy homes having libraries is, is powerful because it tells you that the reason that they've been able to do what they've done is because they've learned vicariously through someone else. A hundred percent. So Short the best libraries well. usually have the best bank accounts. A hundred percent. Wow. So if you was to give like few book re- books recommendation oh to... Gosh, there's so many of them out there. Just five. Let's, let's get, let's get um, five for somebody so that is fresh, thinking about starting in the entrepreneurial journey. I think that um, The Richest Man in Babylon is one of like my favorites. Yes, one of my favorite. Well, what time um, too? I think that Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill has to be on Epic. that that list. Epic. Um, who for 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 your audience, the individuals who are maybe not yet a business owner who are interested in becoming a business owner, who moved my cheese? Who moved my cheese? I have two copies is, here. Is another good book for that segment because when you are in that environment. It's not your decision what happens next. A hundred percent. And oftentimes the decisions are made without your input, which impact your life. A hundred percent. So understanding that that particular book, I think, is, is, for your for your audience, I think would be be of value. Powerful. Um, I think that Rich Dad Poor Dad should be on the list just in general. I, a lot of Robert's uh, Robert Kiyosaki's. Um, concepts are ones that I align with. Now, I don't align with everything that he espouses, um, but I do believe that there are some fundamental principles in there that people should learn about. And I'd, so that's what, four, we are up four, to four already. Four. So not, let me, oh, five, I have to make five a good one. Um, five a good one, yeah, let's go. Oh, so, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go to one that maybe not everyone would do. Okay. $100 million offer. Alex Hermosi. Alex Hermosi. You have to read it. I just finished it. It changes your mindset with regard to what value offers are <laughs> and how to how to structure things, especially if you're interested in building a business. And uh-huh. if you haven't done that. So I would definitely I would definitely put that on the wow. list. Guys, there you have it. You know, when I came from Africa and I didn't I didn't know how to 
speak English at the first place, reading was a big, big problem for me. I couldn't read properly. And I made it my goal to be able to like consume as much content as possible. Mm -hmm. So I started with audiobooks. Mm -hmm. So for a really long period of time, I was finishing a book a week. Mm, okay. So a lot of the books that you wow. have said is books that I've read maybe two, three, four times right. even. And, and so that's more powerful. So I'm not as impressed with the number of books you've read. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed by the number of books you've reread. Yeah. And because that's, that is transformative because at different stages of your life, your life oof, experience like will get you to, to understand what you read in a different, different way. way. Literally, I have like moments, right? Every single, like our feelings, you know, nothing is static, mm -hmm. you know, goes up and down. You feel some type of way to, today, you yeah. feel some type of way tomorrow. So I have like in my library, I have specific books mm -hmm. that I go through every time that I feel like my, my perspective is distorted, for instance, mm -hmm. there is like book, Everything is Fucked by Mark Manson. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Great book. Back to, Great right? book. I would literally pop this book. I read it maybe like 20 times. Mm -hmm. I would pop it up and just go over it. Because mm -hmm. when you think about your perspective, you lost a client and that feel like, you feel like that's getting on the way of you having a good day. Mm -hmm. You go listen about a story, a story about someone that got taken to a, mm -hmm. a camp, right? Yep. To, the, to outsource, right? There's a, uh, another book called uh, The Happiest Man on Earth. Mm -hmm. And his story, incredible. Somebody yeah. that have watched his old family, he lost his old family in the camp, mm -hmm. and thrive, go through it, and build a business in Australia. Oh yeah. After that, right? You listen to those people, your perspective kind of switches. Mm -hmm. Oh, you are here because people would complain because it's hot. Yeah. Somebody walking in some, oh, it's like it's hot. I was like, can you like? What are you? Talking have you ever been about? cold? <laughs> <laughs> I, I way prefer being hot than I would be cold. So it's all perspective. You, you think about it, it's like yeah. I like I don't walk out thinking about the sass. Like this is life, mm -hmm. right? And it's very important. So for a really long period of time, my books have been like my most personal thing to me. Mm -hmm. Somebody would come and say, "Oh, can I have this book? Can I read this?" Because like no. Just send your address. I send it to you. Yes. I send you a copy. Not this one. This one is mine because oh, yeah. I go through it often. Yeah. But ever since I started the podcast, yeah. show gratitude to all the guests that come through. I give them access to my library. Oh man, that's to, awesome! You know, for them to pick up a book that resonates with them the most. Yes. And take it home. Awesome. So you can look. I don't know uh, if you can see all the books. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> it's, it's an awesome library, guys. <laughs> hundred percent. It's an awesome library. I would like to, if you can pick it up live so people can see which book you're going to pick up. Sure. Uh, when we get up and go do it? Yeah. Let's okay. do it. Okay. Let me, so I'll, I'm, gonna I'm going to be off camera for a second, but <laughs> I'm coming come right back. back. I'm going to go look, see what we have here. Oh man, this, the, I'm telling you, these are awesome. Solid library. This yeah. is a solid library. These are all so good. <laughs> the progress of choice often takes that, in here. That, and that's the issue. Like you, you have, <laughs> you have like such an amazing lineup. It's like when you go to a buffet. Like yep, oh, selling the invisible. That was awesome. That's an awesome book too. Yeah, I should have mentioned that too because again, so, if you're interested in, in sales and building, oh my god, look at all these books. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's wow. it's my prized possession. Oh my goodness! I, I, like, how am I supposed to pick? They're all amazing. Like, you have you have not put a book on here that I that are that is not worthy of reading like nineteen million times. Wow! 
Like these are all amazing. <laughs> um, if I have to pick one, okay, that I will re. So again, I I will I I'm gonna admit I'm not gonna pick one that I already have in my library because okay. I, I I do own a bunch of many books. of these books. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have to pick one that I don't own. Okay. Alchemist mm. is a good one. You read that. Yeah, one I, I have. I have it many times yeah. over. Oh my goodness, man! You're 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 really killing me here. <laughs> I'm trying to find one that I that I don't have. Let's see. Let's see. What you have thinking fast and slow. Yep, I nice. I definitely have that. Like, <laughs> wow. I have like I have I I think I may have all of these books. Nice. Check. I gotta find one that I don't have. That let me. Let's see. Atomic Havoc, one of my favorite too. Yeah, I have like three copies of that. That's one of the books that have given out the most. I have I have a copy in New Jersey because I have property up in New Jersey, so oh, I, have nice. pro- I have copies there. I have copies down here. Nice. I think I may even have that one at the office too. That's a very very good one. Um, stocking. So the only one that I think I do not have, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've read this. Mm-hmm. Is elements of wit. Element of wits. I don't think I, I have, have this. I have not read that either. Okay. I don't think but I have it this. Sounds one. really, really, really interesting. Benjamin Errett. I don't think I have this one. Amazing. Yeah. Boom. We have a winner. Okay. <laughs> I. I uh, so we were off camera for we're a bit. Off camera for a bit. And, and the and main the, reason for that is because this guy's library <laughs> is like intense, and we share so many of the same books. Yeah. I had to find a book that I, I don't already have. So I found this one, Elements, Elements of, of Wit. Of I've, I've never read it, so um, I don't own it. I never read it, so I'm going to give it a read. Amazing. Awesome. Edward, thank you for coming through. 100%. This was so much value. I know a lot of people are going to really benefit from this. Me personally, I'm going to watch this many times over. Awesome. And I'm excited for this relationship. I know we're going to do a lot of things together. Yeah. I'm excited. Guys, Put a lot of thank you in the comment for Edward. You're going to see his Instagram account. And if you ever get the opportunity to work with him, it's something that you don't want to miss. Take full advantage of it because in just an hour, you have learned so much. I can only imagine if you get to be in a room with Edward. So, well, let me just say this though, Marvin, you, you, you created the environment for this. So, thank you. all the lauds to you because you created an, a, a, essentially an ecosystem for those that you are serving to take their life and their business to the next level. So that's 100% you. You are putting positive ripples out into the world. So thank you you for doing what you're doing. Thank you, thank you. And yeah, if anyone wants to reach out to me online, please do so. I'm pretty active on on most of the socials. Edward Collins underscore Upleveled. Upleveled, beautiful. That's uh, definitely what what I do. And under Uplevel Entrepreneur, I, I go out and I help business owners just like you accomplish the things you want to accomplish in life so epic thank you guys thank you for watching share this video with anybody you think can benefit Please. from this as well remember to subscribe if you have any question feel free to comment in the comment section uh, be in the comment section any question that comes up i'll make sure i get it to edward so we can continue adding value to you guys until the next episode i'll talk to you guys later bye 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 for now